This is Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe. Now, here's Patrick McEnroe. All right, very happy for another edition here of Holding Court. Patrick McEnroe here. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. Scott Foley is uh, one of the most successful actors in Hollywood, mostly in television, film as well. But more importantly, at least to me, of course, as a tennis guy, is uh, he is one heck of a tennis player. I welcome him in from his place in California, also under quarantine for well over a month now. Scott, how are you? I'm great, man. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have something to do today. And this is it. <laughs> well, well, listen, I mean, you and I are in a similar position. We both have three kids. I think mine are a little bit older. I have 14, 11, and 11. Yours are a little younger, right? Yeah, I have, I have 10, 8, and 5. And we are, um, we're yeah. in the thick of, as I'm sure you are, online learning and uh, fights over school time and play time and lunch time and figuring out how the hell this all works. Yeah, well, you know, yours are a little younger, so there's a little more monitoring that has to go on. Mine, believe it or not, at this age, even the 11-year-olds who are, who are twin girls, I have three daughters, uh, they, uh, you know, they get their schooling, basically they have breakfast and they go right up to their rooms and they're basically in school till about 11.30 and then lunchtime and then... Luckily enough, my twins are big into ballet, so they can do online classes, uh, et cetera. But I understand. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so it's good. But it's, uh, you, you got some younger ones, so they need a little more monitoring, don't they? Yeah, man. It's, it's, you know, my 10-year-old's fine. She's, she's a lot like your 11-year-old. You know, she gets up, has breakfast, and then goes to school all day, and, and I don't really worry about it. I check in on her every now and then. But the 8 and the 5, you know, 5 is still mm-hmm. in preschool, right? So yes. we're trying to do flashcards and you know, sounding out letters and that kind of crap. And then my eight-year-old is just, you know, it's funny. You'd think the five-year-old would need the most work, but it's the eight-year-old who needs constant sort of standing over him, hovering, just making sure he's paying attention, focused, listening to the teacher if they're on a Zoom call or doing the right uh, worksheet if he's not. And it's, uh, it's trying to get him off the trampoline and back onto the Zoom call is, uh, is a challenge. Yeah. Now, um, you and I have spent some time together over the years at the uh, Chris Everett Celebrity Tennis Event, which is a great event, raises money for, for kids in trouble and families in trouble from, uh, from drugs, etc. She's been doing this for 30 plus years and raised just a ton of money over the years. It's a great event, a great charity. Um, so we're able to, to hit some balls. And I got to be honest, Scott, you know, most of the time when we, meaning we, the tennis professionals do this, you know, we have, we have to work incredibly hard to help the, the celebrities out, you know, the non-tennis. But with you, it's a different story because I tell you, you, can, you got game. You're an athlete. How did you get into tennis? I mean, because you can play. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, I, thank you. I appreciate that. That is um – to hear that from you, it might be the culmination of uh, what's now 45 years and 47 years old. I picked up a racket when I was two or three. Wow. Okay. Well, that, uh, that, that, exp- that explains part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I love, I, first of all, I love that, that event. For me, it's an it's a opportunity to do what I, um, I always thought I'd do as a kid. I wanted to be a professional tennis player. I, you know, I grew up uh, watching you and your brother and Chrissy and Martina and all these people that I now get the opportunity at least one time a year mm-hmm. to play with. And it is, it is the, just the best thing in the world. And my wife, um, God bless her, is so patient with me when I say, hey, babe, I'm leaving for a weekend. Right. You take the kids. Uh, and I'm going to go <laughs> right. sort of live out a dream. And it is, 
it is just the best thing, man. I, I, I love it. And I, I know I can watch you guys. I watch all the tennis professionals be um, as uh, you guys work more playing with celebrities who don't know how to play tennis than you do when you're actually playing in a real game for money. And I appreciate it so much. Well, as I said, with you, it's a little different story because you can actually play play a little bit. And I'm, I'm interested to know, uh, because I know you spent, recently you spent a year in the Czech Republic. You were starring in a show called yeah. Whis- Whiskey Cavalier for ABC, which unfortunately yeah. just lasted a season, even though I thought it was a heck of a show and you were the lead. Thanks, man. And, and, but I know that it was a huge effort, obviously, for you. I'm sure you were well compensated, so the, but that makes sense. To, but to move your family <laughs> over there, your three young kids, your wife, who I know is originally from uh, is a, is from Polish background, so she probably right. yeah she probably was pretty uh, hip to that. But it must have been a lot to get them in school, etc. But what I want to know: Did you get to hit on the red clay? Because they got some unbelievable clubs over there in Prague. I got to hit on the red clay. I played probably two or three times a week. I found a pro over there who would hit with me and um, uh, really just work on my backhand. It's horrendous. Uh, but it was uh, I loved the clay. You know the the way the ball bounces, the pace. Mm-hmm. on that red clay is it gives me time to set up a shot to get my feet in the right position mm. uh, and you know the great thing uh, I'd never you know I've lived in Southern California since I graduated from high school I moved out to Los Angeles when I was 18 years old and haven't ever really lived in a cold climate since then and I was wondering how the hell you know I forgot growing up in St. Louis we had indoor tennis courts where I would play indoor clubs right but they just they inflate these bubbles and just put them over these outdoor courts. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing the way, like the way the air feels in there. There's a, a, a different humidity, a different way the ball bounces once the top is up, mm-hmm. you know, once they've got this dome over it, then, then when it's not, and it's, um, you can play all year round and it gets cold in the Czech Republic. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've been there in the middle of winter. I played some Davis cup there in uh, Prague. It's a beautiful city. In fact, the first uh, labor cup that I've been involved with, which has been an amazing event, um, took place in Prague. So great tennis town. I know they have a, a great tradition of a lot of great players. But by the way, here in New York, where I live, um, that was a staple, uh, Scott, growing up, playing in the bubbles and the smell of the bubble. And it's a whole, it's a, it's a very East Coast thing, you know, that we New Yorkers uh, take a lot of pride in, but a little different from, uh, you know, cushy old California with all those outdoor courts and all those public courts, too. Yeah, man, they're everywhere. I mean, I'm sitting here in, a, in my guest bedroom talking to you, looking out at the neighbor's house, and they've got a court. I've never seen anybody play on this court. I don't know these neighbors. I should go over and say, hey, can I play on your court? But it's just, you know, it's gorgeous out, and it's always gorgeous out, and you can play tennis here all the time. So I really I really took that for granted, but was glad when I got to Prague that uh, there's a solution. Little mm-hmm. did I know. Yeah, and, and when you grew up, as you said, in the St. Louis era before you moved to California, were there other sports that you played as well? Because you, you, you look like you're in pretty good shape. I know when you do uh, all your TV shows, you do a lot of your own stunts, and you did a lot of running do, in yeah. that Whiskey Cavalier. You do, you do a lot, So you're obviously in good shape. You have to be. But what other sports did you play as a kid? Yeah, you know, I grew up playing a bunch of sports. I, um, it's funny, Patrick. I lived... Up until I was about 10 or 11, I lived overseas. We, um, we lived in Japan for four years. I lived in Australia, which, as you know, is a huge right. tennis country as well. Uh, and that's really where I developed my love for the game and, and my first memories of playing. I was about five or six years old uh, in Australia. What, what city, what city were you in? What city in Australia? We were in Sydney. Oh, you were in Sydney. Uh, okay. Sydney, a little town called St. Ives uh, in the middle of Sydney. Um, and it was, uh, you know, there were tennis camps I'd go to in the summer, but, but because we traveled so much as a family, uh, 
the one thing that my mom and dad did, and they weren't great, was, was play tennis. They'd go out on the weekends and just sit around, and the kids would run around the park. Uh, and I think from them, I watched and wanted to hit and play, and, you know, they'd let me hit with them for the last five minutes of whatever outing we were on. Um, and that's where I developed my love for tennis. But it wasn't until I got back, and, and look, in, in Australia, I played Aussie rules, uh, rugby, I played um, tennis. I was on the swimming team in mm. school. But once we got back to the States, I did, you know, what all the kids did. I didn't play football, but I played uh, baseball. I was on the basketball team in junior high and high school. Uh, and I was on the tennis team in high school. Um, that was my main, I think basketball and tennis were my two sort of loves as a sport mm-hmm. growing up. I played soccer as well, uh, especially in, in uh, Australia. But did, did you ever play cricket? Me, did you ever play cricket in Australia? Yeah, I loved yeah. cricket. I, yeah. I um, you know, it, was, it wasn't an organized thing, but everybody had, you know, you'd set up some wickets in your backyard and people would bowl the ball, and it was like baseball here, you know? Like, th- like, like, going, yeah, like going to throw, throw the ball around with the glove. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I still have, it's funny, the things you keep. I still have a, a cricket bat and ball from Australia that, uh, you know, I, it was like my pride possession, my most prized possession as a kid, and, and it's still sort of wasting around in some drawer here in L.A., Um, but I, you know, I love sports and for me, I'm not a big, except for tennis and golf, which is so strange because I never played golf growing up. I don't watch a lot of sports. Um, I'm not a big, you know, I'll have the the Sunday football games on, uh, in the background uh, on the weekend or, uh, you know, just sort of UFC fights or something, but I don't, I don't take joy. You know, people love going to live events and I think it's great. I get a little Board sitting in a in a stadium at a football game or a baseball game, um, you know I love watching sports from my house and I love playing them. Uh, but I've had a couple people invite me to go. You know, oh the the Nabisco or whatever the hell the the big um, golfing event, Golf event here right. at Riviera Country Club. Right. Uh, they're like, we should go and watch the guys. I'm like, I don't want to. Uh, what? Let's my, go play my, golf. My couch. Wanna... Yeah, let's go play and then I can watch on my couch and chill out. Yeah, man. And I you know I don't have to follow one guy around because I'm not like a big fan of I've never been a sort of like oh this is my guy or uh, I was when I was a kid I guess with tennis like Boris Becker mm. you know because he was young and I was young and he was like diving all around the courts and I, I loved watching him uh, but I've never been I don't want to say I've, I've never been a fan but I've never really been a fan I just sort of like it and I follow it have you ever been have you, yeah totally I mean you're a doer that's yeah. what I call it. you're a doer yeah. not 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 a not a watcher I mean and did, did you ever have you ever been to any big tennis event? Have you ever seen pro tennis live? I have seen pro tennis. There was a, a here in Carson. I think there was a, a they, Fed Yeah, there Cup. used to be an event. There used to be Fed Cup. We actually had a Davis Cup match. In fact, the only Davis Cup match that we, when I was a captain, I was a captain for 10 years, ever lost, we meaning the U.S., lost as a home match, was in Carson. was the U.S. We lost to Croatia. I might have been there. Oh, it was, so, it, was, it was you, you son of a... <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> the, had, one, the one thing I go to, I might have been there. That, because that was no, literally man, in, te- I, in 10 years. That's the only tie, the only we call it a tie in Davis Cup, that we ever lost right. in 10 years as me as a captain. So I'm not, I'm not bitter or anything, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I can tell. You're, yeah. you're fine with it. Yeah. You don't remember every single point. Right. Um, yeah, look, I, I love it, and I love watching it, but I do. it frustrates me. I want to be out there playing. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it drives me crazy. I, I, I can watch tennis on TV for days. And I, you know, I have a great group of people here 
it sort of faded away once we all had kids. But, but you know, that's a that's a story I'd love to tell you about how my sort of evolution in Los Angeles tennis mm-hmm. came to happen because it was, and that's actually how the reason you and I are talking right now. Yeah, um, let me hear because I want to hear how you how you got started in it. But by the way, when you went to LA as an eighteen year old, it was just to become an actor, right? That's that, it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And you I did didn't, it. you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't do great in school. I didn't love school. I think part of it had to do with the fact that we did travel around so much, mm-hmm. um, you know, jumping from school to school to school. And, and, and I, uh, I had always done theater and been in, in plays and, and I just sort of decided that I wanted to move to LA. I wanted to be an actor and that's what I wanted to do with my life. And all my friends were going to college right? and I, uh, I didn't want to, and I <laughs> still hold a chip on my shoulder about it. But, uh, look, I think, for me, it was it was the right move. You know, obviously I can say that in hindsight, but and there were a lot of years where I was, you know, eating ramen noodles and and couldn't afford the electricity bill, so my lights were shut off. But it it I have to say that all gave me a uh, it grounded me in a way that I, I think it not just helps my work now, but makes me appreciate. It. You know, there are a lot of people who move out here and oh my God, I just got a job and they just keep working and they've never, there's never a struggle. They never appreciate mm-hmm. how rare, how hard it is to become successful, to make a living doing this. And, and I'm grateful for those you know, sort of lean years. I know those first sort of five, six years of your career, you were, you, you know, you were guest star in a lot of TV shows. You were like any actor starting out scrambling. But what was it like when you got the right. first, your first big part was in Felicity, which was, I believe you started in 98. So that lasted about five yeah. years. So obviously the sort of, the, were you early 20s at that point when that happened? I was really 20. Yeah. yeah, I was, uh, I think I was 25 or 26 when I did the pilot of Felicity, you know, playing a, a college age kid, 18 or 19 years old. Um, uh, and it was, um, it was life changing, you know, not just, not just work wise, but financially, you know, you go mm-hmm. from LA is a tough town. It's a lot like New York, you know, you're, you're sort of struggling and scrambling and scratching your way around until you're not. Right. And as soon as you're not like life changes like that, you, God, I could. Uh, I remember the first time I ate at a restaurant and I didn't look at the price on the menu. I didn't even realize I didn't look at the price until I got out of there, and I was like, "Whoa, oh my God!" Like, <laughs> I, I could have lived. Even, I could have lived for a couple of months on that. Oh man, yeah. you know, I, I, it's it's amazing, and I'm I'm so fortunate to be able to do it. But yeah, you're you're right. Felicity was the first sort of big thing, and I've been really fortunate since then. Felicity had such. Cachet, it's so strange because it was a small show on a small network that doesn't even exist now. You know, the WB is no right. longer around. Right. And it was, um, it was sort of, you know, to a certain degree made fun of because it was for younger kids. It was sort of like the CW is now. It's not a network. It was a net lit. You know, you didn't get paid as much. Mm-hmm. But it had, we were really lucky. This, this young writer named J.J. Abrams, who everybody now knows is the Star Wars and Star Trek director and, you know, this big mogul, he wrote this little show. And it was about a girl who goes to college. And that's really it. Like, you can't mm-hmm. write a show like that anymore because no one wants it. They want a big concept where strange things happen. And, uh, you know, it was just a simple show, but it was really well done. And it, was, uh, it, it got a lot of praise. And, and I'm so fortunate that was sort of the bedrock that I built my, my, found, my, my career on. Yeah, and then you you continued, obviously, to be in a ton of, a ton of shows, guest, guest roles, and sort of arcs, et cetera. And then would you say the next, well, your next big TV job was, was what Cougar town or was it, was it Grey's anatomy? What was, what, what did you, know, you consider to be so the strange. next big? 
the next big thing I did. Um, I know you did the unit the, too, right? You did the unit also, right? Yeah, that was yeah. That, that was probably the next big thing. And I mm-hmm. think you know that lasted for four seasons. That was on CBS. It was a military drama. But the reason, the exciting thing for me about that was was twofold. The two creators of it. One was a guy named Sean Ryan who had uh, done a show called The Shield, mm-hmm. which oh, I remember that. put yeah. FX on the map. You know, right. it was a huge, hugely successful show. And I think they gave him the network because it was so successful. And the other creator was um, a man named David Mamet, who sounds is familiar. A, yeah, you know, the, yeah, he is. He is, you know, sort of the preeminent uh, American playwright of his day. And he, to, for me, to be able to work with him, you know, I came out to L.A. and I did all these acting classes. And you do monologues and scenes, and you know, you end up doing monologues and scenes from uh, American plays. And his are. His plays sort of dominate, for, for better or worse, dominate the uh, all the acting classes right. that I ever went to. So mm-hmm. to be able to work with him and say his words was was great. And and that show, um, you know, it didn't garner a bunch of uh, heat, right? It was just mm-hmm. one of those procedurals that goes on and on and on. And it was a great way with a bunch of guys in military gear running around with guns and, you know, telling fart jokes and daring each other to <laughs> eat 50 eggs. And, right, you know, it was right. fun. It was a good time. Um, and I was, I was really fortunate to be able to do that. But can I tell you, it was about that time during the unit mm-hmm. when I ran into this circle of tennis players, Patrick. Okay, that's what I, this is what I want to hear. Right, okay. Yeah, so, so I was at the gym, and there was a, a guy who I'd sort of seen around and he'd say hi every now and then at the gym, and you you know you want to stay away from people who say hi to you at the gym. Right. But he was a nice guy. Especially now, right? right. <laughs> Especially now. Right. Um, he was a nice guy, and he said, "Hey, I hear you play tennis." And I said, "I did." He said, "You know, I got a group. We play at this house in Beverly Hills. You should come up and hit." Mm-hmm. And I think he probably asked me a dozen times, and I kept sort of brushing him off. And finally, I couldn't brush him off anymore. I maybe said, he was okay. maybe he was coming on he to was, you too. Well, I, you know, I'm still not sure at this point. <laughs> okay. Um, right. And it's been 15 years. Right. Uh, but he, I went up there, and it was at, um, at the house of this this guy, this guy named Gunnar Peterson. I don't know if you know Gunnar. Gunnar's a, a, uh, a trainer here in Hollywood. Right? Okay. A, a fitness guy. And right. Sort of got his own brand. But he was married to a woman at the time. They lived in Beverly Hills, and they had a tennis court. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, next to the tennis court was his sort of studio where he would train celebrities and athletes. Right. And, and we went up and hit on the tennis court. There was a, a coach there, and the coach would beat us balls. And we'd play, you know, the games you play growing up around the world or, you know. Right, two on two. Or and right, right. That's king, exactly right. King of the court, all that stuff, yeah. King of the court, right. ping pong, two on two. Right. Um, and there were some good people up there, some sort of good celebrities. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Hank Azaria would play up there. Matthew Perry would play up there. A uh, director named Stephen Kay would play up there. And they mm-hmm. were all good. Some had played in college. Most were high school guys like myself, but we had some good games. But the great thing was Gunner, as a trainer, trained Pete Sampras. Oh, really? Okay. He trained wow. Monica Seles sometimes okay. when she was in town. Mm-hmm. He trained um, uh, Jennifer Capriati when she was in town. And those people would see us hitting, mm-hmm. and they'd come out and hit for five minutes, for right. ten minutes. And because of Pete... His sister being Stella, who was the coach at UCLA, she would send some of her um, her girls to work out with Gunner. They would mm-hmm. then come hit with us, and it just became a regular thing. We had the entire UCLA girls team, twice a week, would show up at Gunner's house, and I'd get to hit with these amazing players. 
And every now and then, uh, I don't know how Claire Everett. Mm-hmm. Chrissy's, Chrissy's with, one of Chrissy's sisters. Yep. Chrissy's yep. sister, that's exactly right, became friends with Gunner's wife okay. who owned the house. So she would show up and play, and she's a great player in her own right. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and she'd bring Chrissy out, and then Chrissy would bring Lindsay Davenport, and Lindsay would be there so Pete would come mm. and stop his workout early and come hit with us. So I had this amazing right. dream scenario where I was just a kid from St. Louis who happened to be on a TV show, and I'm playing with Pete Sampras, and I'm playing with you know Jennifer Capriati, and Monica Sellis would come out. And I, you know, when people were in town, they'd just stop by, and it was, it was heaven. And we, we had that going for seven or eight years before, uh, unfortunately, Gunnar and Janet got a divorce. Got divorced. Well, it is, it is L.A. after all, right? <laughs> it is L.A. That's a great story. Um, but but that you, was, well, we, what I really want to know is, that, can you beat Matthew Perry? Because he's on my list, too. I want to, because I've, I've seen him in some celeb events. He's pretty good. Well, you, you, you could take him down, right? He is pretty good. I like Matthew a lot. And I, I, um, that's not what I asked. You know, yeah. we've been friends. We, we <laughs> <laughs> you're putting me on the spot. Yeah. I, I am proud to say, and I've played with Matthew for years. I haven't seen him in years now, but I'm proud to say, and he will appreciate this to a certain degree that I put Matthew Perry into tennis retirement. <laughs> really? Wow. He was, well, he was the, he was like the of, guy. He was like the, 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 he the, was the guy. He was the actor, really the good tennis, tennis guy. And you took him down. That's right. Wow. I can't and, wait to talk to him about this well we both went to chrissy's event okay. um, and we did this for a couple years in a row and i'd see him there and he was always really good he had a he had a pretty good serve he had a good forehand his backhand was weak like mine but mm-hmm. and he was a little old he's probably i don't know six or seven years older than me right. um and we were playing the last time we played at chrissy's event i don't know who his partner was mm-hmm. or mine but i remember it was just the two of us sort of rallying back and forth and the pros had stepped back and let us do it and uh, it was, we were serving, I was serving for match point mm-hmm. and I aced him. Wow. I aced him. Yep. And I went back to the locker room uh-huh. and he was sitting in the locker room changing and, and he, he looked at me he, and he said, I'm done. He was toast. He was pissed. He finished him. He was pissed and he's never been back. It was like my brother beating Borg at the U.S. Open and Borg went, went, went straight <laughs> from the court, didn't even stay for the ceremony. That was it. So you did the same as my brother did. You, you put Borg, he put Borg out of out of tennis, and you then you put um, Matthew Perry out of tennis. Matthew Perry's gone, and it's my doing. Unbelievable. I'm going to get him. I want to yeah. get him on this podcast too, because I want to hear. I want to hear his side of it, because I could see that. that He's little, a good guy, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember him. I met. I met him briefly. I don't know him as well as I as I know you. Now you're 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 kind of big in my household because you know I've been knocking out these podcasts since since. Um, this pandemic started, so it's been about six weeks. So I've had, you know, Dick Vitale, great uh, basketball broadcaster, who's, yeah. a huge, who's a huge tennis fan. His kids played, his grandkids played. Um, Brian Koppelman, the co-creator of Billions. Uh, Mike Lupica, yeah. the sports writer. Anyway, a bunch of people. Alec Baldwin's coming up. But as soon as I oh, said, cool. as soon as I said Scott Foley, okay, to my daughter, my oldest daughter who just turned 14, she's a huge Grey's Anatomy fan. So all oh, yes. Uh, yeah, so she, you had a big role there for a couple of years. Henry Burton was a character. I did. And um, yep. so I told her last night, I said, listen, I got my podcast tomorrow. I'm interviewing an actor who's a really good tennis player named Scott Fuller. And she, like, looked at me. And she said, Is, isn't he in Grey's Anatomy? I said, yeah, I think he was for a couple of years. I know, he, you know he's been in some big shows. And so now, like, I'm cool. 
Because normally, you know, I'm just, you'll see when your daughter, like your daughter's at 10 now, your oldest, right? So she's totally into dad. Yeah. My 11-year-old, you know, 13, 14, it's like, dad, can you close the door, please? Get out of here. Um, uh, dad, oh, no, you're breaking my heart. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think, you, know, you got to roll with it. But anyway, she told me she's all into your character. She's like, oh, he's got this, um, you know, he, he married the girl so that he could get insurance that yeah right so i mean i yeah. know you're i yeah. know your whole character now but you're big you're big with those teenage girls you still are well tell her thank you very much i appreciate <laughs> that at look at, at almost 50 years old i will happily be big with teenage girls as long as i can listen you that got, is uh you got, uh, you got to keep yourself going right. now let me let me read this yeah man i want to read this to you before i let you go because um I communicated with the one and only Chris Everett to, first of all, to get your, your contact information. And then uh, I said to her, listen, Chrissy, I said, I'm going to interview Scott. She says, wow, he's going to do it. I said, yeah, he's doing it. He's, he's looking for stuff to do. He's got his three kids in school. You know, this is a perfect time to get these people. So I said, I need you to break down. Because, you know, I know your game. But uh, Chrissy, I want to get Chrissy involved. So I said, okay, Chrissy, give me the breakdown. So you ready? You ready yeah, for the yeah, breakdown? Yeah, let terrifying. Huge yeah. serve. Yeah. Really good athlete. Great all-around game. Can hit any shot. One of the best celeb players. Great hands. So all those are all those wow. are very complimentary with the little caveat and I want to know how you feel about that of one of best celeb players. Celeb player. Yeah. yeah. No, that was that was the only thing that sort of stung <laughs> when you said that. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Look, man, I mean, I am, I am honored, to, A, that you wanted to talk to me. You know, I grew up watching you and your brother, like I said. Uh, you know what? I have, I have one more story to tell you that Please. I tell about, about you and your brother. You and I were playing on the same team. Mm -hmm. This was maybe five or six years ago, and your brother was playing with, I think it was Gavin Rossdale. Yeah, he's, he's a good player, too, the lead singer from Bush. He's a really good really player. Good player. Gavin has... Oh, great ground stroke. He gets a little nervous. He's a little, little uh, uh, manic and, and um, he's a little he's a little know, intense when it comes. But he he doesn't have the same relaxed um, vibe that yeah. you have. But that's probably because you're. I would say, don't tell Gavin I said that because he'd be great to have on the show too. Um, a little more relaxed, and you played probably more when you were younger. So you can see you have a little more yes, fluidity to your game. Yeah. I think that's it. I, I think that's it. I've been I've been holding a racket a little longer, but he, you know he plays all the time. He plays with Murphy and all that. But we were we were playing on the court. It was you and I, mm -hmm. and it was match point. And your brother was serving to me right. to win the match. Mm -hmm. And you know we're mic'd up for this, right? And we, right. we've got these microphones on. There's I don't know six or seven hundred people in the stands. And your brother says to the stand, says to the microphone. Who wants me to ace this kid? I think a kid. I'm <laughs> right. 40 years old. Right, right, right. I'm, you know, I'm, I give him the, you know, I give it a shot. I Go say. for it. Right. Everyone's laughing and cheering. Right. And he hits a ball, cuts it so it. He's, uh, I'm in. I'm in the. Uh, you're in the uh, ad court. Deuce court. And, oh, you're in the deuce I'm court. In the ad court. Yeah. No, I'm. In the, I'm in the. the I'm in the deuce court. court. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And and he he serves a ball out wide, and I just barely tip it with my rack, and he puts his hands up. You know, and sort of waves to the crowd. I said, "Well, no, 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 no! I touched the ball. You didn't ace me. Right. I mean, you won the point. Right. But you didn't ace me. Right. And everyone sort of quiets down. And he looks at the ball boy. He says, "Give me the ball." Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh crap! What did I do? What are this you doing, Foley? Just right. let it go. And he threw up the ball. I watched. It was like it happened in slow motion. I watched it. He put it right on the tee in the middle and aced me. Mm. The whole crowd goes nuts. We walk off. 
He doesn't. <laughs> I don't know whether he was pissed because I told him he didn't get me the first time. He doesn't <laughs> shake my hand. Right. He doesn't talk to me for the rest <laughs> of the tournament. Um, let me let you in on a little secret, Scott. Okay. Yeah, he was pissed. Talk to me. Yeah, he was pissed. Yeah. And I, I don't even remember that because I was playing with you because that's just status quo for Johnny Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just status quo. Not, yeah, well, not only hitting the serve perfectly two different times, but then giving you the attitude. Yeah, it was. It was perfect. And I, um, I, you know, I remember thinking like, kid, he wants to ace this kid? I'm 40 something <laughs> years old. What are you doing? Right, right. It was Unbe fun. That's it was fun. a it was a moment in my life that I will never forget and, and talk about often. Well, hopefully, Scott, there will be more moments. I'm sure they will when we all get through this 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 craziness and this madness. So I, I really appreciate you coming on. Best to you and your beautiful bride and those kids. You take care of them. You take care of yourself. Keep yourself in shape. Okay, get over to that neighbor's house. You know, I do that to where I live up here in the suburbs of New York. I find some neighbors that got a court and get out there and hit. Do the same while all the clubs are closed. And uh, I promise you that we will get on the court together when we can. Well, I'll tell you this. I am moving to the East Coast. We close on a house today. Oh, really? In, West, in Westport, Connecticut. Okay, that's close to me. Yeah, that's about 40 minutes for me. So we're in. We'll uh, do it. So whenever I get there, whenever this pandemic allows us to actually move, uh, I got your number. You're in trouble. And the plan is for you to uh, start the kids in school there in the fall, right? That's right. Yeah, you know, we... we um, I love it. As much as I love L.A., uh, you know, my wife's from the East Coast. We want to um, be closer to her family. I'm able to work out of New York. Mm -hmm. uh, and the public schools there are great. You know, I spend right, $150,000 a year to, to spend my kids to public school here. and, and uh, I mean, private school here. Right. And uh, the public schools in, in, on the East Coast and that part of the, the world are really great. So I'm excited about it. Well, we are excited to have you and uh, more excited to get you out here on the courts. And guess what? First hit we'll have, probably be in a bubble, Scott, in the fall. <laughs> I'm game. <laughs> I'm right? game, man. I can't wait. All right, man. Thank I, you, I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. You have a good one. Take care. All the best. Thanks. So. You do the same. Yep, bye bye. Bye bye. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.